I'm Randy. And I'm Jim. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Believe the Bottle podcast. We're out of sync here. Hey, Jim, we haven't done this for a couple of weeks. So besides our main topic today, any recent events in your life? Not too many. Not too many. Uh, just kind of planning some summertime uh, getaways and planning vacation this fall. You know, little things like that. Um Kind of tough. My wife and I both work a few jobs, so it's kind of like uh, dealing with uh, life. You know, life life is life, and uh, but it's it's always fun for me planning little weekend getaways and um, vacations and things like that. I, I, I get a kick out of it. Other people get very very stressed over it, and I have at times, but I enjoy it. It's fun. Well, at least these days online, you have a good reason to be stressed because it's it's a hundred times easier to find stuff and to. You know, rather than having to call and fax and stuff, especially if you're out of your time zone. But on the other hand, you never know what you're going to get. And if you use stuff like TripAdvisor, in fact, this touches a little bit on our topic now that I think of it. But if you're using Yelp, TripAdvisor, any of those, not Travelocity, uh, any of the social sites for travel, you'll see, you know, totally conflicting. I looked up something nearby today and it's like um, the first thing said, it was actually absolutely fabulous. The the owner came out and he was wonderful and treated. And then the next thing is, this is the worst place I've ever been in my life. So it's really tough. I know it's like, it's like, but sometimes though, I've, I've gotten a little bit uh, in tune with how some of that works. Like sometimes you'll see if you go into the people's profiles and there'll be the people who five star every last thing, you know, they're, they're, everything is just wonderful. Every, you know, they, they let it, let it go, let it flow as Dave Mason sang. And then you have the other people who are like the Steve Earle song, I Ain't Ever Satisfied. Mm. And everything has to be exactly perfect or everything is just for shit otherwise. And it's like, but, and I always am interested in that because it's like, is that how you base your whole life? Does everything have to be exactly perfect for it to be any good? Or do you allow room for not just errors, but for life to come along and life being messy sometimes and not perfect? And some of these people, on, on it's more than just the internet trolls. It's the the whole expectation. They, they expect to go to a, a Motel 6 or a Super <laughs> 8. Or even someplace bigger. I'm not picking on the smaller places. Mm. They expect this experience that they probably wouldn't even get close to at home. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, I I think there's a lot of personality types involved. Um, And for example, and you'll appreciate this as you've been in restaurants before, restaurant business before. Mm -hmm. uh, I was was looking at somebody's um, ad hoc review. This wasn't on a social... uh, Yelp or anything. This was just on a forum. and But he was saying, I went in and he was describing the entire vis- uh, experience the way a critic would, a restaurant critic. She so said, oh, this happened and this happened. And he says, and I dropped my fork and then I waited and watched to see how long it would take for the waitress to come over and get me a new fork. And I mean, you know, some of the comments, which I totally agree with, and probably one of them was mine is, hello, why don't you just call her over and say, I need a new fork? You know, what exactly? What do you think this is? I mean, it wasn't like, you know, there are restaurants. Did he do it on purpose to, did he do no, it on no, no, no. to test her? No, oh, but what's irritating is that he noticed it, whereas you... I don't know. And plus, the guy is not a restaurant critic. He was just describing his experience. A, a critic, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, I waited to see if they would come and notice, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, long story short, there was that. Um, but yeah, you've got karma. So you can look at the people's karma. You can see how many reports they've done. You can go look at them. I mean, that's a lot of work if you're talking restaurant. I'd rather just go try it. And if I don't like it, I don't go back. Right. Um, but but for vacation, vacation, though, it's a lot more important yep, yep. because you're Hotels. spending a lot of money. You're spending a lot of money. And once, you've go, once you're at that place, there's no turning back. It's not like going into a restaurant. You look at the menu you're and you don't like the menu. You don't like the prices. You mm-hmm. don't like how you're treated when when you first walked in. So, oh, you know, I'll turn around and my wife and I will go to someplace else. You don't really have that luxury, especially more and more nowadays with travel deals, you have to pay up front with mm-hmm. non-refundable. So once you're locked in, you're locked in. If it's a non-refundable, you have to take whatever experience you're going to get. That's and true. So, so, so places like TripAdvisor, I put a lot of stock in them. Yelp, I, 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 to be honest with you, I don't even go to Yelp. I don't. You know, I, I stumble across it once in a while, but I don't go to it's it. Got, Yelp has a really, really bad name. The only reason I go to Yelp is if I want to review. And more and more, um, I'm not big on those things. I've probably done maybe 20 reviews. When we, when we were in an area with on vacation, 
uh, I pretty much reviewed every restaurant I went in, and most of them I liked. I mean, because I would hate if I went in twenty restaurants and wasn't satisfied with any of them and had complaints about all of them. First of all, I would have to start questioning myself on my level of enjoyment and happiness in life. Right. And right. second of all, um, who you know, what am I doing? Do these people think they're protecting us? You know, because this is grain of grain of salt territory. I mean, you, this is not some kind of rating. I have talked to people, good friends who, uh, you know, with whom I share values, and they've gone, oh, man, this restaurant was... And I went there, and to me, the place totally sucked. I didn't go to Yelp and review it, and neither did they, by the way. But my point is that even when you know people and have similar sensibilities, A, you're not identical, and B, the context isn't identical, and C, part of the context is the chef might have just quit, or one of the... Maybe they're short three of the five servers. Uh, There's a thousand things. We went in a place once where... um, it was fantastic. We loved it. And we went in there and it was absolutely, the experience was awful. But I, we could tell right away that somebody had quit and the boss had to do like five jobs. And it right. just, you know, hey, we're human. I mean, if that happened to you, you'd, you wouldn't do any better. Nobody's Superman, you know, or woman. Well, after 20, you know, over 25 years uh, in various aspects of the restaurant world, all the way from going from busboy, dishwasher, all the way to the manager, cooking, bartending, serving the whole nine yards. Um, you can't, I, it's hard for me. I couldn't write a review because I let go a lot of things that probably a lot of people wouldn't because I understand those things. I understand. I can always tell right away if they're shorthanded or if other issues are going on. I can just, it's my experience. And it's, it's funny, just a quick little, uh, my wife and I were up in Boston a few weeks ago and we went up to a Bertucci's, uh, you know, it's just a chain Italian place, but you know, it's fine. And be- with us being vegetarians, it serves our purpose, you know, when there's nothing else right around. Well, the, the girl, the server, she was amazing, young girl, friendly, and she was so attentive. And I mean, she, without being overly so, she wasn't hovering over us every moment, which is a bad thing too, but she was just brilliant, maybe 20, 22 years old and, and good kid. And she just, she made it such a nice experience for us. So they, you know, that was great. And, and then we went to another Bertucci's before uh, the movies the other night. And uh, it was a very different Bertucci's. It was here in Connecticut. And the server, she was nice. She wasn't so young, but she was, you know, maybe early 30s or something. She was pleasant. I mean, there was nothing unpleasant about her at all. And yet, and this was, there wasn't very many tables there. This was like maybe 530 on Saturday before the push. And yet the service comparatively was just completely lacking. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. She took, uh, she stopped by twice to say, I'm sorry, I'll be right back with your drinks to begin with. Um, once she, they put the food down and it wasn't her that put it, they have food runners usually at those places who bring it, and that's fine. I don't care. Uh, but he brought over the, the uh, bread. He brought our food. She went past our table, I don't know, five or six times while we were actually eating dinner. She didn't stop once and ask if everything was okay or anything like that. And yet she was very pleasant. And at the end, she said, do you want anything else? Because we stacked our plates. My wife and I, all, uh, she, we've, she's worked in restaurants too. So we stacked everything nice and neat at the end of the table for her. And she, you know, and we said, no, we'll take the check because we're going to the movies. Okay. And she just put that thing. That was the sum of her whole interaction with us. Um, so I'm not going to hold it really against her because she seemed like a nice person. She's just very inattentive. I'm not going to hold it against Bertucci's because, you know, the other experience was great. And we liked the food and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, you know. But, the- but, but if I wanted to be a real jerk, I could have gone on Yelp and just, you know, yeah. trashed the place and. It kind of, it does talk to what we wanted to talk about today about it's all about me, about entitlement and Mm -hmm. about, you know, expectations that nowadays I believe that we have that are just have been ratcheted up in so many different ways. I don't know if it's our parents did a lousy job raising us as a society. I don't know what's happened, but uh, it's, we see, I don't know if it's because the family units are so much smaller now where before, you know, our grandparents and our great grandparents, everybody had five, six, eight, 10 kids. You didn't have the time or the luxury to think about just you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if now with the nuclear families being one kid or two kids and 
I'm, I was raised an only child. And I got to tell you, I fight my entitlement every day. What about, but, um, but what about the fact, what about the internet? Doesn't that amplify it and, and not the obvious amplify as in you say something and you're talking to millions of people potentially, but uh, in that this, for example, look at selfies, the selfie yes. thing of the, let me, you know, I'm taking a picture of myself every other 20 seconds <laughs> and, and publishing it on the internet. Now, yes. there are certain reasons why you might do that. And let me just qualify that by saying, I like to have a recent profile photo on my social stuff. So I don't change it every 20 seconds, but I mean, my photo probably is no more than a month old usually. And if I like a thing, I might leave it for a while. But I, a lot of people have the same photo that they've had. I don't know, yours has been around for a while, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. All I'm saying is that there's it's one thing to have a photo you like that you think is representative and that gives the vibe that you want to give. And then there's you know what I do, which is maybe once a month. Even if it was once a week, it wouldn't be incredible. Uh, but on the other hand, you got people who are just photoing, photos of themselves like every other day or more if they're younger. And right. also, and I'm going to take some heat for this, but how, you know, why would anyone think that I want to look at their kids online? It's, you know, I, <laughs> I here's, here's the order. Dogs first. I'll yes. handle a couple of those because I love dogs. Cats, if you have an exceptional photo, one a day is fine for me. Um, kids, that kid better be in a terrific situation. I mean, it's got to be an interesting photo, not the topic, because I ain't interested in the subject at all, period. And second of all, I might as well go all the way with this. Most of the kids', kids photos, I think one notable exception who's adorable, most of the people who post photos of either very young kids, babies, or young kids doing things, it's their daily thing. But a lot of the kids are like really ugly. And I mean ugly, ugly. <laughs> So, I mean, what is the thing with that? So, this is this, that's the entitlement second generation where here's, you know, here are my kids. They don't even realize they're ugly. Hello, you know, wake up. (laughs) Yeah. I'm laughing, but I have to agree. You know what I'm talking about. But but let's let's face it. The fact is, all of the cats, I I get sick of cat photos, but, you know, they are almost never, I can't think of one that's ugly, that's kind of revolting, repugnant. They're just cats, they're animals. Animals are never ugly. But suddenly you get these photos of, of people and for some reason, I guess because we're, we're born naked, right? So we're, you know, we don't have hair, we don't have fur, in other words, we don't have, and we're not as charming. I mean, let's face it. I mean, I know I wasn't any better when I was a baby. I was probably horrible looking. Well, Most you know, are, by the way. Most are. <laughs> Sorry. Most are. Oh, my God. My wife and I have for many times laughed about the whole thing. And, you know, I get the, the pride in being a parent thing. It's a sure. beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. I'm not one. Share it with your friends, though. Share it with your friends. I go back and forth on the whole subject. I mean, it, it for me when I see you know people posting continually of their kids, yeah. and continually I mean like multiple times a day. I don't mean you know once or a couple times a week or when special events. You know, um, I'm like with my you. Nie- like I'm with my you niece, there. my niece, she'll post when when her uh, boy does great things and uh, like basketball he's like a teenager and if he's in a tournament that's great that's wonderful i'm absolutely happy to to see all of that because i know that there are probably people who get really annoyed at the stuff that i put up so i try to balance that but at the same time when it's every day your kid now this is my kid eating peas this is my kid pooping his diapers (laughs) this is you know this is my kid with juice on his face that after a while kind of gets to be like okay I get for you why you want to have those pictures and 30 years from now you want to embarrass your kid at their wedding by showing all these pictures. That's great. Who, by the way, who, by the way, is either too young or wasn't asked whether these photos should be published publicly. That seems maybe like I'm being a real wimp on that level. But to me, I have to wonder, too, whether that's kind of a little bit of a disrespect. I mean, because even if the kids go, oh, yeah, I don't care. But I mean, they don't know what they don't know. If they knew they would be able to drink and vote. You know what I'm saying? They're not at that level of intellectual understanding of. But anyway, let's pass all that. Yeah. There's a place for these, by the way. It's called Facebook. Book. Thank you very much. Yeah. Takes yeah, well, you know yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you can create your albums and, and, and share them with your family who, and friends, right, your family and friends. Um, but I think going back to what you were talking about before, as far as entitlement and the internet, it's much bigger than that. This has given us a voice like it's given you and I a voice right in this moment for what we're doing. Yep. 
or whether it's, you know, posting or reviews on, on so- social media sites or commenting good, bad, and the ugly at news stories and so forth. It's more than just that. It's, there's a tone. Uh, and there, and I think that it's far more than just the internet, though. I think the internet has ratcheted up to, uh, these speakers go to 11. Um, I think that it's taken the ability we already had to really be self-absorbed asses and just gone and run wild with it. I'm going to give you a little example of myself right now. Sunday nights on Twitter lately for me have just become an exercise and almost futility of bothering to go there because Sunday night is a big TV night. You have all sorts of, you know, whether it's, you know, Breaking Bad before and Mad Men, Game of Thrones, things like that. These are all shows that have a very passionate fan base and they're very social media oriented. And I got to say right off the bat, I loathe with the hotness of 10,000 suns, people who live tweet TV shows. <laughs> yeah, we've it been just, over this. I can't stand yeah. it. Sports, well, is, a, young sports is a very different. But the thing is, is but if you're going to do it, do it right. Use hashtags. Use hashtags because then <laughs> from there, if I'm using Plum or TweetDeck, uh, third-party apps like that, I can mute those hashtags. I never have to see it. You can go on and on all you want about the Red Wedding on Game of Thrones and this, that, and the other thing. And we're both happy. Now, sadly, Twitter has not, in their own app, has not built in hashtag muting. You have to use third party, which is just absolutely ridiculous in 2014. So Sunday nights have been really bad. Well, this Sunday night, I won't use her name, but I will say she's a social and digital producer for NBC News. Mm -hmm. She puts up a tweet Sunday night for people who don't like hashtag for for people who don't like live tweeting of tv shows <laughs> this is an exact quote please get off twitter and i was like wow please get off twitter and i'm like why wow, there's I'm been like, complaints to this person oh yeah well, well, there, well there's there's wars back and is forth. it spoilers I, I, and stuff though yeah yeah and the thing is is say if you're on the east coast at nine o'clock on sunday night and there's a specific show on it's six o'clock on the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, right. It's you know seven o'clock in the mountain zones. These people are posting plot twists and so forth with other people who haven't even seen it yet. Now I don't know what the shelf life be- before giving out spoilers is. I'm gonna <laughs> say, I'm gonna say at least and you know, at least six eight hours because this way everybody you know I- I'm not one of those people who two days later oh don't say anything about it. Well you know too bad then watch it sooner then. Well the other thing is uh, Twitter in particular you can't hide it. Uh, right. If you're going to do this on, on Google+, Facebook, whatever, you can always put spoiler alert, or on forums, anywhere else you can put but spoiler alert. with 40 characters, you can't. You can't with Twitter. On Twitter, so you can't. So. so I wrote to her. I, I don't follow oh, her. Oh, no. So. You engaged with her? I engaged with her. Oh, and it didn't go well at all for oh, either no. one of us. Because um, I don't follow her, but somebody else that I follow had retweeted it. So I said to her, I wrote to her, wouldn't it actually be the other way around? And she's like, basically, like, what do you mean? And it's like, well, why shouldn't you get why off? Should, why shouldn't <laughs> you get off? And she didn't care for that much. I said, well, how about suggesting instead of rudely telling people to get off Twitter, why don't you suggest people use the actual hashtags? And then those of us who are using third parties can just mute it. And then it's a win-win for everybody. Well, Twitter doesn't allow for that. I said, no. Yeah, it's but- unfortunate that they don't. It's actually yeah, it native. Is. Because now that they've squelched development, I guess you know about that. Right. Um, you know, you're not going to be seeing new clients. So they really probably should incorporate that. So, so it yeah. Got, it, it got pretty testy because I was like, you know, it was really rude. You know, you're coming on here telling me, well, then get off Twitter. It's like, really? There's, I said, there has to be better ways of putting it than that. Yeah. How about, hey, hey, gang, let's all try to be as mindful towards the other time zones as possible. Let's use hashtags. But she was adamant that there was nothing wrong with it and that everybody that feels the way I felt about it, that we're just a bunch of jerks. And, and she actually, she brought up the selfish word. I'm like, wait a minute, what's more selfish spoiling? Yeah. Well, it's everybody or, but you know what though, what you're saying, there's no right side. You're what you're saying is true, but what she didn't realize, and I hope you do, I think you do is that there is no right side to this. So yeah, neither one of you has a right to tell the other to get off Twitter. You didn't of course. And she did, but I didn't tell her to get off. But my point was, 
I wasn't looking at it because, especially me being a pretty selfish human being to begin with. <laughs> well, oh, I admit it. I admit it. I'm a very selfish person. I was raised an only child, and I'm very selfish. <laughs> um, but I was looking for a win-win for everybody. She was looking for no, you get the hell out. And yeah. it was like it was just. But it's it goes to what we're talking about here: entitlement. We at this point, it's just it's. Uh, we're, it's got to be all about us or, you know. Or, so, right. Or, so now that we have uh, broken our, our boycott, our, uh, I forgot the word when you can't do a news story. What's it called? You know what I'm talking about? The um, whatever. Where you, where you, you're gagged until a certain time. A gag order. Well, it's, but there's another <laughs> word for that in the news. Uh, gosh, I can't think of the word now. Um, but anyway, now that we've, uh, you know, our, our, uh, hesitation to talk social media at all but actually we this brings us to something that has to do with this stuff which is uh people not seeing really people not seeing both sides you have a specific thing you want to talk about and i I do too but it's all about uh the entitlement is also all about not seeing not being able to put yourself in the other person's place and uh i'll even take the devil's advocate side to an extent on this story so why don't you set this up are we talking about the uh, the big brew glass? Glass. We... Well, it's back to Yelp. Okay, yes. Whatever that was on, by the way. Yes, it was. Uh, it was a young uh, young lady. I'm, I think she was a young lady who uh, was asked to take Google Glass off in a restaurant. Uh, was it in New York? I, I think New remember. York. Yeah, New yeah, York City. It was in New York Soho. The, yes, the re- the restaurant a couple months earlier had had um, an issue with somebody wearing glass in in the restaurant where the other customers felt uncomfortable with a person. And I personally don't care how people feel either way about glass. I'm of the mindset, if I'm in a restaurant with my wife and I see somebody wearing one and the little red dot is on and they're looking all around, either you're going to turn that off or I'm leaving because I don't, I'm not there to be filmed or have pictures taken. And yes, I get it that I can whip out my smartphone and do the same. But if I do that, I'm going to see it. So anyways, this young lady was asked from all I've read politely to please put glass away. Well, she, from there, you know, her civil rights in her opinion were completely violated. How dare they? And all that stuff. So she went online and, and made this big stink um, and, and downvoted the restaurant. I think it was on Yelp, wasn't it? It might've been Yelp. Yeah. I'm not sure. She gave it a one star and completely trashed the place um, because it doesn't matter if the place was good. It doesn't matter if the service and the food was excellent all that mattered to her was that they asked her to take off her Google Glass. And oh boy, did a firestorm appear after that. Because- well, wait a second. You're, you're skipping. Maybe you were just getting to it. But then she, which is, that's one thing to do the review. But then she recruited a bunch of people, at yes. least one of whom had never been to the restaurant, who gave it one star and bad-mouthed right. it. And that yes. is libelous, number one. I don't know if it's yes. punishable by law, but it really is. Uh, or slander. I don't know which. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, but that's just it's not cool let me put it that way so well there was a gang there was a gang there was a big gang yeah there was a gang of 12 or 13 who followed her lead i have no idea you know if i don't at least one had never been to the restaurant right and will never go so what are you reviewing and and so that was and this became a, a big thing a big for several days uh, back and forth uh, about is it okay to to leave reviews for restaurants that you've never been to? Uh, is it okay to gang up essentially, even if it's not organized? Even if they didn't, I don't. I have no idea if they talk to each other ahead of time uh, to say, hey, you know, I don't think so. It sounded like it was kind of more of an ad hoc, just in the moment. Uh, okay, you know, we're going to show solidarity with her. And her post about it just smacked of just complete. Uh, it's all about me. And her other and I, other people. The other guy who yes. uh, also posted his own post and was bragging about dissing the restaurant and so on. This gets he, back to this because we can business, you yes. know. And he's the one. He's the one who hadn't been there. Yeah. And he wrote this big, huge post on social media about it and he actually invoked power to the people and that made me want to puke that's like yeah. i even wrote in one of the responses i'm like that's not what the 50s demonstrators and the 60s civil rights leaders were all they weren't doing all of that so that you could just trash business that yeah. you've never been to you hit it, you I mean, you're hitting on something really important that i that drives me crazy and it, it, it's it goes back to for example there's something that drives me nuts that's slightly related which is when people 
compare something to Hitler, yes. that is whatever it is, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. That is extremely disrespectful to the 8 million people who were sent to their death in the 1930s and late 30s and 40s. Secondly, uh, in the case of uh, in the in the case of what you just said about invoking the power of the people or whatever, this is not standing on Tiananmen Square under a tank getting your guts crushed. You know what I mean? Right. This is I'm wearing Google Glass, and there's a whole other ph- phenomenon, by the way, around glass and around the techno technorati, whatever the right name, the glitter, you know, whatever the right name for the for the people who are interested in that. Now I know somebody who's um, who has glass and who wears it. I don't know what his situation would be in a restaurant or anything else, but he's just a regular guy who happened to want to, in my opinion, throw 1500 bucks out the window plus shipping or whatever. <laughs> um, that's my opinion of glass isn't important. My opinion of people with glass isn't important, but I get kind of where they're coming from. But ha- having to pull out an argument like, well, it's the same thing with your camera. That goes back to yet another internet argument about driving uh, while uh, with glass, in fact, although it isn't glass isn't the issue in my mind, where they, people go, well, when you tune your radio, it's distracting too. Yes. And did your mother ever tell you that two wrongs don't make a right? I mean, you shouldn't be looking at your radio tuning it. You know, that's, that's a, that is a BS argument, period. Right. Right. So, so the idea of invoking rights or talking about it is probably one of the most offensive things about this story. I'm not offended that the guy libeled himself, or whatever, however that word, libeled the restaurant, or, uh, or that he adamantly posted, because he's just posting, the, you know, the title of the post is, I'm a douche, okay? He might as well have... So that's all fine. That's free speech and so on. But, you know, I don't know if that falls under free. speech. Well, not when. Right. Because it costs somebody money. Yeah. I have a feeling that that restaurant has an action, has legal action that they could potentially take. And I wrote that within that whole several days is like if I was the restaurant, I would be talking to my lawyers and I would be seriously considering filing a lawsuit against not against the people who've actually been there because it drives me nuts. There are restaurants who are going after people who write legitimate reviews mm. because that has been that's no better. Too. Yeah, that's, that's no better. better. But for somebody who freely admits like this guy did and he never backed down. I don't know if you read the thread for the next few days, but he mm-hmm. said, well, I eventually uh, took off my uh, my review I, as if that made it all better. Oh, he, like, he originally said he wasn't going to take it down. Right. And then he did. But he still uh, stuck to his guns. And he's still was a douche. Okay anyway. Right. And it's like to me, if I'm the restaurant owner, because like I said, you got people there who are busboys and dishwashers yeah, making minimum wage. Right. who All of a sudden could be losing shifts because somebody posted a fake review. Um, but but the justification, I mean, humans have justified their actions since the beginning of time. And that's never going to change. I mean, that's the, whether whatever tool of technology along the way from the original cave dwellings to, you know, all the way up through, we're always going to do that. But sometimes you also have to be held accountable for those things. And but the thing is now is with entitlement is so many people don't feel like they need to be held accountable. Well, I have the right. I have the right to say this. I have the right to write that. Well, yeah, you do. But that doesn't mean you're free from the consequence of what you say or what you write. I mean, and that's what we're at right now with yeah. the, the whole entitlement issues. People feel people have fallen for this myth that there are no consequences really out in the greater outside of their immediate family and maybe mm-hmm. cer- certain circle of friends or within their particular job. Uh, even still, though, I mean, you see a lot of people who <laughs> end up getting fired because, you know, they say things about their work that they shouldn't be saying. But there are consequences. And this entitlement issue we have going on now, people are trying to negate that. And uh, I think more and more of them, it's it's becoming really, really I think it's gotten worse over the years. Oh, definitely. And again, the internet is an amplifier of that. But it's it's also. Um, but where did it all start, though? Well, I mean, really, I mean, forget the internet for a moment. Well, letters to the editor. Think about it. Has he ever written no, a letter no, to I an mean, editor? No, yeah, no. Him. I mean, more personal as far as what made it so that as a child growing up through your years made it to you. I mean, generic you, not you yourself. Mm, mm. Um, made it or 
photographer like me uh, that made it feel like, okay, you know what? It's okay to be self-absorbed. It's okay to feel like, you know, the sun has to revolve around me. Um, what led us to that within our own personal, you know, why did our parents allow that? Or why did well, society not rein that back in? Well, look at the phenomenon that people are talking about all the time, which which I'm not close to. So I've only like heard about this on various, you know, news and stuff, which is how sports have turned into where you, there's no losers. There can't be any losers anymore, for example. Um, everybody's got to win something, win a medal, uh, you know, whereas it's, you know, when I was a kid, it was how you played the game. Not that I'm interested in sports or did any, by the way, but the point is I still got that it wasn't always about winning. So that's one thing. Um, the This whole pressure to success and all that, I don't know, maybe, maybe our society, particularly Western and particularly maybe American, but also um, Western Europe society, has gotten to the point where everything is extremely competitive. So you've got to, it's, it's about me and it's about, as a kid, you've got to give that kid the the competitive spirit, but at the same time, he's always got to win, he or she. Uh, and this this constant winning, this constant uh, look at the other another related phenomenon. Parents go to school to argue with their teachers, the teachers of their kids, because the kid is always right. So the kid, and by the way, I'm I'm going to rehearse sometimes where there's a father who has his kid with him. Um, he's not a friend of mine. He just happens to be there all the time. And the kid is obviously completely spoiled rotten by constant, constant, and I mean second-by-second attention. So whatever the kid does, he's right, he's loved, and you know what? It's wonderful. You need to have, your kids need love and stuff. But they also need times when they're just on their own and you're not constantly... um, doing everything they want, like they raise their finger and they got the you know peanut butter sandwich or whatever. And the reason I say that is because I can see where this is going with this kid. He's going to be like one of these people you're talking about where everything revolves around him. He is the prince. Plus, he's in a culture, you know, uh, there are cultures that underline uh, the fact that maleness, blah, 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 you know, the prince and that uh, girls aren't worth anything. And unfortunately, this is a very, very sad thing. And, and I would love to see that change for obvious reasons. But that's the way it is. OK, so I, this is the king. Know. This is the prince. This is the prince that will become the king who will then uh, be sassing waitresses in restaurants and be. Being an ass where he go, you know, in various businesses because he's paying, right? Right. And sometimes not paying, like uh, some of the incredibly mean rants, not like mine that aren't mean, about Google or other free services. And by the way, I pay Google, so I, I feel a little more entitled. Oh, there's that word. Gosh. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot of this. But your main point about this and part of our dis- mutual disgust for that story was this whole idea of because we can. And there's been a couple of campaigns where people just start dragging their friends into this, do this retweet and do this. There was, there's a Whole Foods thing going on about canola oil, for example. And what I told you uh, privately another time was, you know what, no matter where you come down on a product, um, in other words, there might be people who like canola oil for whatever reason. Okay, maybe they're a bunch of deluded uh, sickos. I don't know, but it doesn't harm <laughs> them. If they want canola oil in the products of Whole Foods, so be it. Uh, and so this idea of getting everybody to do, you know, this big movement towards, say, Whole Foods or um, uh, what was the woman's med- the medication for uh, menstrual pains? Uh, I've forgotten that one already, but the, the moms, the Motrin moms, okay, that was a huge thing. I'm not even saying there anything is right or wrong. Uh, in that case, people were, women were offended because they, there was a, an ad, I just remembered what this is, actually. There was an ad that said, fashion victim and it showed a woman with one of those slings and I think the baby's in front or something something like that okay and yeah okay I get that you're insulted and all that but to have this big campaign it brings me back to this thing about do that fine but you're not standing in front of a tank in some country where you're going to be really run over shot beat up or whatever so it isn't this huge accomplishment it isn't something to gloat about if you're going to do it fine but all this gloating is the is the worst part in my opinion? Well, people want to be a herd above the din now. I mean, it's, it's 
and I think that like with the internet, you've, you know, you've been given a tool now, mm -hmm. uh, to do that. If you, if you so choose, you have some recourse. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I've used that by the way, as you know, so Absolutely. I get that I mean, when it comes to entitlement. And I joked a couple of times earlier about being spoiled, uh, about being selfish and stuff like that. And it's true. I mean, but there are different levels to it. I mean, there's that little child that you talked about who is, who's every last thing that they do is wonderful and everything anybody does that they don't like, they're the bad people. And that child does yep. grow up to berate the server in a restaurant to, you know, try to push ahead in line at the store, uh, so forth. That's one sense of entitlement. Another one is uh, me. I didn't grow up, even though I grew up as an only child, most of the time younger, uh, my mom was a single mom working a lot of jobs to support us. So I had, and back then you could be uh, left on your own at a much younger age oh, yeah. nowadays. So I was left to my own device quite often and I was a pretty industrious kid and, and pretty smart and, and I could do things for myself. So consequently, because I did a lot of things for myself growing up, when I got to a, the age of adulthood, it's not that I didn't need anybody or want anybody, but it was like, I want to do what I want to do the way I want to do it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that also it left me with one skill set of being able to navigate certain situations myself because of all the ones I navigated as a child. But at the same time, I was lacking in the sense of I have to navigate with others too. I have to navigate at others' pace uh, and speed. And, and that could get very – and even now at 52, that can be very frustrating at times because I'm used to – I have this set way of doing things quite often and I go at a very fast pace often which is not fair to necessarily to those around me, be it my wife or friends or family or whatever. Uh, and I can find myself not taking them into account because I'm in that it's all about me mode. And I don't mean to be that way. I don't mean to be that selfish little shit in the <laughs> store or in the restaurant. So I guess my point is that there are different levels of that. that. I'm not trying to negate and say that my way is less harmful or less impacting sometimes on other people because I'm sure it is harmful and impacting at times on those around me because they have to put up with me. I mean, I've been trying as the years go along to get better about that. But when, you, when, when you've had to do so many things for yourself growing up, you don't take into account as much other people where, you know, I used to, some, some of my friends that had four or five, six siblings, you know, they were just part of the whole mix. There was no such thing as just alone time really, or doing things for yourself because brothers and sisters would help you do things. So when they got older, they didn't have that same sense of entitlement maybe. That, well, it's that, a little bit different too, because when you grow up with siblings and I, um, I had both situations because when I was very young, uh, my parents divorced and my mother married. So I have one brother. My mother married a man who had three sons. So there were five boys in the house with a huge age range. Uh, so the three moved out. You know, I was already when I was a teenager, I was the only kid in the house. So I've mm -hmm. kind of lived both ways. Um, I don't think my mother coddled me particularly or anything like that. But we need this. You also you need a certain it's not entitlement that you need. You need empathy, which is, you know, what's missing the most in the world. And, and that is what uh, and I don't you know, sometimes mine expires and I'm I'm a jerk, I suppose, too, like everybody else. But in general, I like to think and restaurants are a perfect example because someone's waiting on you, okay? And they're doing it for money. So um, since I don't frequent prostitutes, I can't evaluate that. But in a restaurant, someone is making a small amount of money for a couple of little things that they're doing for you. And I can't, I can never get over that. I don't think I have ever in my adult life, ever gotten irritated with a waiter or waitress no matter what they've done. I mean, nobody's ever come and like slashed, splashed a pitcher of beer over my head or anything, but for whatever they've done, even when the service is awful, we've occasionally, one time not that long ago, a couple of years ago, uh, we went into a restaurant and um, the people never came and we got up and left. I mean, right. we never even, I don't even know if we got menus. But I mean, that isn't even a personal gesture against any of the help. That's just, we didn't even interface with anybody. And it's, it was almost like, we don't want your kind here. But I, I we didn't have any kind. We were just sat down and got no attention. But... Even when the service is off for one reason or another, there's something you need to recognize. And this, this goes for everything, not just restaurants. Um, and that is that, have you ever had a bad day? 
course you have. Yeah. Well, sometimes you go into a place and you're dealing with somebody, and that could be in a bakery, a butcher shop, uh, which you frequent often, or <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Uh, uh-huh. any you know anything a, a garage for your car, you know. Uh, whatever it is where you are interfacing with a human being, which of course is getting less and less these days, because I don't, we don't even have tellers in banks anymore. Do you? They're ATMs. Everything's ATMs, just about. Uh, we have, uh, actually, we have banks. Actually, banks are open much later now in the United States. My bank is open on Sundays. They now. have humans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting because yeah, here they're, they're kind of phasing that out. There's there's no, basically nobody. No. They're actually, they're actually expanding humans? banking oh. hours now. Yeah, yeah hours. But are hours. there? Are oh yeah. Oh absolutely. I can go in Sunday now. Interesting. To my bank on a Sunday, and there'll be three or four tellers. They're open from eleven to three on Sundays. So they, um, so they they happily take your money. It's on Sunday or Saturday or Sunday or later yeah. later than yeah. uh, earlier than eleven a.m. and later than three p.m. They invested in some kind of weird funds and and uh, break the economy, but they do it with a smile on their face. <laughs> exactly. Now, anyway, all kidding aside, uh, whoever you're talking to now in banks, you know, people are usually pretty nice regardless. I think that's part of what they have to do. Right. When I go into a bank in the states where they still have tellers, you stand in line, you go there. And I mean, I have never not been pretty much charmed, whether a man or a woman. People are very nice to you. Yes. uh, And that's fine. But it's not a very personal transaction. On the other hand, when someone is bringing you food, it's true. You, You would like them to be, you don't have to be your wife or your mother or your brother or your husband or whatever, but they, you would like them you have that vibe of enjoy, even if they don't say enjoy your meal, because you know that's all robotic anyway. That's just what they're told to say, basically. Right. Uh, point is, anyway, wherever you're sitting, whatever your experience is with the outside world where you're paying for the experience, you still have to remember that there's a human being there. And that human being maybe had to come to work because her kid is sick and she's got horrible diarrhea and she's got to wait on tape. I mean, I can think of a thousand reasons why somebody is not giving you what you expect. And if you've ever had diarrhea, for example, or if you've ever had a, a sick child or a pet, I mean, there's, again, you can, any of you can think of a thousand reasons why you were absolutely horrible that day. Hopefully you weren't horrible to everybody, but the point is, even if you were, that's called being human. Right. So we need to we need to chill on that kind of thing and and try to be better about it and not be attacking people, especially if it's their living, because it ain't easy to make a living anymore these but days. But it's so easy, though. I mean, it's so easy, easy. to go on. The, it's so easy now to go on the offensive and another uh, a very different form of entitlement. Uh, where you live, the country you live in, mm-hmm. especially you know America. Let's put it. Let's be blunt and be honest about it. America is you know the land of the home of the free and the land of the brave, and it's also the society of the entitled. Mm. You know, there's a lot of wonderful aspects to living in America, and there's a lot of very unpleasant aspects as well. And the entitlement. Not just on a personal level, but on a societal level is just, it's, it's almost frightening. It really is. It's almost frightening living in America with the, with our sense of entitlement that at any time we can do anything we want in any part of the world and any corner of the globe. And it's okay. We can always rationalize. We can always justify because we're Americans. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was an Ecuadorian or an Andorian or a Belgian or, you know, a New Zealander or something, I, I don't, I'm quite certain I would not have that same sense of entitlement that Americans have. And it's, to me, it's, some people will say, well, that's one of the things that made us great. It propelled us forward. It, that's why people came from all over the world to be here, to be in this whole mix of people and create. And, and there, I'm, there are some valid points to be made for all of that. Absolutely. But I think that a lot of those valid points were made many, many years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now we're seeing the, the whiplash effect of that, that now we feel like here in America, like we're entitled to do any damn thing we please at any time. Our government's allowed to do anything it damn well pleases. Our military is and stand, follow or get the hell out of the way. And that's mm-hmm. that's basically what has happened at this point. And I think that when you have that collective mindset, it makes the personal mindset just that much easier to be that way. That if you, you know, if you see, well, you know, everybody up and down my street feels like we should be able to do what we want in the Middle East, that gives me even more of a blank check in my personal life to be that way. Instead of being cognizant and, and recognize that it's not all 
about the United States, that Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not that that Ecuadorian or that uh, Andorian, that they matter every bit as much as we do. But I mean, if you see at this point, it's more than just comments on websites and stories. Oh, no, it goes to it goes to the obvious. And I don't want to get into this because it would be too long in a can of worms, but it goes to the obvious idea of guns and and how everything. And and I don't want to cite anybody's name here because I don't like citing jerks names. But there was a recent thing. And I know you know what I'm talking about. In fact, you brought this up at one point. Uh, This guy on a, of a certain political party who used the word Trump about rights, this trumps, you know, your, your right. dead children. I mean, that's exactly the kind of entitlement. That goes beyond entitlement, actually. That's into a thing that I don't even think there's a word for. And again, I don't want to get into that topic. I'm just relating right. it, the intensity of that feeling. The gun thing is true, too. And, and let me just say that uh, in the UK, there was a problem once with a gun that was in a a locker. They have gun clubs there. And right. the locker, there was no law about locking the guns up. And I think somebody, a kid got in and killed somebody. Some accident happened. And if I'm not mistaken, what should have happened anyway, and I think it did happen, is that a law was immediately passed that if you've got an arm, a, a locker full of guns, a, a, a cabinet full of guns, it has to have a lock on it. And someone has to be responsible for that so that the lock is locked, so that it's you know in good condition and so on. And at any rate, this is a minor, you can't say, well, uh, yeah, I like to go to the gun club. You know, this pisses me off that there's a lock. You know what I mean? That's entitlement, and that's the worst kind of entitlement, because it's giving zero thought to anybody else. It's the entitlement of playing loud music. And, and just to prove the point that there's no side to this, people will go park right in front of your house and play loud music that obviously you don't like, because if you liked it, you'd be okay with it. No, <laughs> even you wouldn't. Sometimes. But the point is, anyway, so the one side is to do that. And, and I would never, ever do that. I would never, no matter what I was doing, I would never park my car, leave the radio on, convertible, right, in front of somebody's house or where there were people to go spend 20 minutes someplace and come back. I, why would you do that? How can you be unconscious? On the, on the other side of that is walking up and shooting the guy. You know, that that's the that's uh, unfortunately nowadays that's kind of the American experience. Either it's have a nice day or the gun, as a friend of mine said the other day. Um, yeah, that's but actually, I mean, uh, but yeah. both sides are adamant about their rights. So you know, you shoot the guy for being on the phone. What kind of an asshole is on a telephone in a theater? You know, right. if you've got a medical emergency, you go out of the theater, or if you have anything important at all, you go out of the theater to make the call. On the other hand, you got a gun in the theater, you shoot the guy. Plus, you know, lives are ruined—not just injuries or death, but the lives of everybody involved, including the jerk that was doing the shooting, the person. You know, so. So that's all of it. It isn't limited to guns. It's everything. Everything is a gun. Well, you know, music is a gun. Your radio, your car, double park, block somebody's garage. That's a, you know, it's okay. I'm exaggerating. But point is nobody, very little thought goes into this. Uh, People standing on the street, you know, sometimes. And when I say people, I mean, just your average people, not some, I'm not trying to intimate that this is some gang hanging out. These are normal adults. They're standing there blocking the sidewalk and you have to say, excuse me, nicely. And then they might go, oh, I'm sorry, which is great. But I mean, uh, how can they not realize that they're blocking everything? This is total unconsciousness that people have. And that has nothing to do with the internet, by the way. That's probably been going on for millennia, for all I know. Uh, Well, you know, the the other night, Saturday night, we went to the theater and uh, saw uh, the new X-Men movie, Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. By the way, really fun movie, really, really <laughs> fun movie. Um, but it was pretty packed because it was Saturday night. It just came out. It's, you know, one of the summer mm-hmm. blockbusters. Right. Uh, and it's really sad that they actually had to have a couple of advertisements on the screen beforehand. Turn your phone off. Turn, turning your phone off, including like this little Hollywood 30-second uh, minute mm-hmm. long spiel. It's like, shouldn't that just go without saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there and thinking about it. And it's like, you know what? They should just free can go without saying you go into the movie theater you put your phone on silent or vibrate or off any of those it's fine whatever pick, yeah. take your pick on any of those throw it in your freaking 
pocket, put it on, I keep mine on vibrate. And this way, if something, you know, happened, I could leave the theater and I can and answer the phone. But when it vibrates um, and you pull it out, it's got the light on. And exactly. the <laughs> but that's why, but if it vibrated and I felt like I was going to have to take the call or take the message or something, then I'd skedaddle around the corner and get out of the theater and then open it up. But I just said, I said to myself, it's like, who really needs this? Yeah. Who needs a reminder not to be an asshole? Most people apparently, I, well, or a lot of people, a lot of people. Because you know what? I'm, I'm, my OCD kicks in on stuff like that. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, I check my phone five times before I go in or, you know, if I'm looking at it, I'm sitting there <laughs> yeah. before, right. before the, before the jingles start and all that stuff. Cause who cares if you're sitting in the theater got when it. lights are up, who cares? I got, I want to close this out to, to go to something lighter, but before I do, I just thought of a great idea. You're, if you have an Android phone, you have NFC. And if you have iPhone, you have beacon, yada, yada. So theaters should have a thing. And I mean, they can't force you, but there should be some kind of a mechanism. So when you go in a theater, that all goes to silent mode, which you can but defeat, I, which I you can. And I mean, this isn't your right or anything. You can defeat it. You thought that they, well, it's against the law to have those shields because if the if there's a fire or something. Right. But right. they could, but they could, my idea would be to just have, these things are, are ridiculously cheap. So you just put a little stamp on each seat even, and the seats in front of you, when you get there, it will tell your phone to silence itself. And again, you can you can override it if you're a jerk, but for for um, people who care, because the reason is because sometimes you'll forget after you leave to turn it back on. So what this would do would be I to put that, that put that phone to sleep. Yeah, my wife does that when she's in a meeting, and then I call her and I'm on right. I'm on voicemail for twenty. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working it all day. I have to have my my phone, you know, obviously turned off or on silent. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times afterwards, I'll forget to put it back on, and I'll get home, and my wife's like, "Oh, I tried to text you. Oops, I had off." Did you yeah. hear about that? I know we got to go. Did you hear about that Florida guy who used a cell phone jammer in his car for two years? No, but jam- <laughs> I've been tempted jam- many times. He's He was jamming people on the Florida highways because he got so mad about people being on phones that he took the law into his own hands. Yeah. He, he built this elaborate rig in his car that made it, it was a big cell phone jammer. Totally well, illegal. It was totally illegal. The cell phone companies realized something was going on. It took them months and months and months to investigate. Yeah. They finally pinged him, figured out it was him. And he's been arrested and he's going to be facing fines and everything else because they said it was also blocking emergency sure, calls. Sure, it would. Yeah. You know, so it was blocking 911 well, calls. Plus, and the whole I, don't think that, I don't think that would work anyway because if people are on the road, they'd be, they would be trying to get another signal. You know, it's worse. But they said it was working. The way he set it up, it was blocking anybody within X amount of Yeah, but when it's, what I'm saying is that the, the attention that he's trying to yes. get back would have been spent. Like the other day I was driving. I pulled over for this. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a another great one is that we're, we went to this place that's just outside of town and we're driving around and the car has GPS and uh, we're, I was looking on my phone and just when we got lost not far from where we were going but didn't know where it was that's when neither one of us had signal right uh-uh. so but so you're futzing around with that and I mean if people were doing that on that freeway thing that would be uncool I've wanted to do that a lot of times when we had the bar across the street there were all these people were out there talking on their phones and smoking cigarettes and stuff and it's like really close to our window again no consideration of any kind um and i would i had very much would have loved to have a cell phone jammer and i think i would be clever enough to have it only (laughs) on when somebody was actually doing something down there and that they had a certain look anyway one of the things if you were using the cell phone and i decided i didn't like what you were talking about and i jammed you you wouldn't like it well i agree that (laughs) but what i'm saying is i can hear every word they're saying so i know it's not an emergency anyway i'm kidding i would not do that uh, I wanted to mention something totally non sequitur because we need to get going here. And that yep. is uh, something about TV, and then you can come up with some frivolous thing to lighten mm-hmm. things up. Um, mm-hmm. As it happens, I watched the first thing of Fargo and didn't get through the first episode. I was with my wife, and she hated it because she doesn't like stuff like that that's kind of subtle and kind of wacky. It's very wacky. And I hated the, the main character whose name I can't remember because I thought it was like way over the top that he was such a doofus. And I'm from Minnesota, so I know about this. I mean, I'm not insulted. I know about that vibe, and they do it well. But anyway, um, the note I wanted to put on the end of the podcast was that I eventually was collecting these up, and I started watching them, and I'm watching it again. I watched the first three. Yeah, because you know what? It got way better. 
And the only time I get a little antsy is when the same guy gets on the screen. If he's got long scenes, it just, and that's totally me. You know, I mean, for some reason, I, this, I think he, that character's exaggerated a little too much for my taste. Otherwise, you got, um, Billy Bob Thornton, who is, um, who is, um, doing a pretty funny job. There's some of it's over the top, but the point is it is entertaining. So I've started to watch it again. And also, um, the violence level isn't as intense as it was the first, uh, episode. Oh, that so, never bothers me. As a matter of fact, well, I'm, I don't like it when it's constant. Yeah. So you don't like 24 then except, ex- <laughs> Oh, you're going to get me started on 24. I don't like it when it's constant except Banshee. Which is everything? It's well, everything. That's, that's all TNA and violence. It's, so it's love all that. both sex and violence, but it's yeah. very intel. It is very intelligent and moral. Um, twenty four. You got me on that, huh? Okay. Uh, here's the problem with twenty four: is that I didn't watch it to the, in the beginning. So when we watched the first one, I had absolutely no idea of any of it. And mm-hmm. second of all, having said that, I didn't like it. So what can I say? I liked uh, Veronica Mars, which I had never seen, and I saw the movie and liked it enough to where I'm going to will test the, uh, you know, it's cute and it's entertainment. Mm. Um, distraction, if I may say. Not everything can be intellectual. Right. We're also watching through the West Wing, and I've already told you on, uh, on Plus, I uh, mentioned a couple of times some of the things that they've come up with that are like 12 years ago that have absolutely not changed. Right. So I mean, I mean, identical. They come up with this thing and you go, God, who knew that it was exactly the same then? All the issues that are talked about today. Okay, what do you got on the light side? Well, uh, on that, the more things change, the more they stay in the same, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's kind of also like the who said, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I loved X-Men, Days of Future Past. That was great. And I can see what they're already doing because this is like the seventh X-Men movie. But what they did is they went back in time and they had a younger Patrick Stewart and a younger Ian McClellan because those they're both uh, 80-ish, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe even on the other side of 80. How many more movies can they really make in this genre? So they weren't either, neither one of them were in it a whole lot, but the younger versions of themselves, mm-hmm. and they actually allude back even further back in than what the movie went to. So mm-hmm. I could see prequels coming, kind of like Star Trek is doing now with that yeah. whole genre where they're using the youngers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I highly recommend it was a fun, fun movie. My wife is like kind of rolling her eyes before we went in. <laughs> she ended up loving it. She is you now. She's like, it was a lot of fun. As far as like TV goes, Orange is the New Black starts Friday, June 6th oh, on cool. Netflix. And I'm very excited for that. Loved, loved, loved Orange is the New yeah, Black. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Um, so I can't wait for that. Although, you know what? I'm not going to binge watch it. I, I, I held out pretty much on House <laughs> of Cards. I doled out, as my wife likes to say, you dole out. <laughs> I'm going to dole out one, maybe two episodes a week at yeah. the most. So to kind of stretch it out a little bit. There's only like tw- um, there's only like twelve. It's not like you have a DVD set of of, of a hundred right. episodes. Yeah, so too. I don't want to go. I don't want to start Friday night after work and watch right through it a Sunday and be all done with it. Well, it's really wanna- clever that they're that they're uh, starting this now that they were able to do the production now because now is a terrible time for TV when all of the stuff that one normally watches. I mean, all everything normal is off now for the summer. Pretty much. Although there's some really good stuff coming up. Rectify on on IFC channel is coming up at the end of June. I like that. The le- I loved Rectify. Yeah. That was just that was a very cerebral kind of show, but a very interesting characters. Uh, the Leftovers looks like it's going to be very good on HBO. Um, and well, we have twenty four. You know what? It's a funny thing is I should hate twenty four in a lot of <laughs> ways because it's a very right wing. Yeah, right. It's a very right wing. Do whatever it takes. You know, chop fingers off if that's what it takes. Kind of thing, which is completely the antithesis of my political views. But it's it's escapist, fair fun. I I loved James Bond, even though he's a total sexist pig, and I love Jack <laughs> Bauer, even though he, he's a I have to do what I have to do kind of person. Mm-hmm. So you know those those are I agree with it. Well, and your show is coming back too. Under the Dome, I did see. <laughs> That's not a, I'm not that That's crazy. I think it's funny. Like it. No, I didn't say Come that. On. You can't backpedal on it now. I never said um, that. I never it, said I liked it. It's on at the end of June. So I watched it. That. Um, you know what? You know, one last show that mm-hmm. I really enjoy, and it's coming back on PBS. The season two is coming back uh, later in June, but you can watch the first season now on Netflix and and so forth. Is um, 
Last Tango in Halifax. It's a British show about two older people who knew each other when they were kids and went off and married other people and then get together later in life in their families. They each, neither family has wonderful issues going on. And it's very real. There's a, there's a touching realness to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I really, the season one, six episodes is on Netflix and season two is starting on PBS uh, in a couple of weeks. But Last Tango in Halifax, it's really an interesting uh, shows a really interesting dichotomy of of families, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and it's it's a good show. Yeah. I, I know that it's not you know it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but you know it's mine. Yeah, well, and it's good that to bring up something that's not obvious. I mean, we could talk about Cosmos every day. We don't because uh, everybody else is talking about it. And uh, yeah, the climate deniers are really <laughs> aren't they though? <laughs> anyway, we got to do this again soon yep, uh, next absolutely. week, hopefully. Yeah, and I'll uh, be around. Let's uh, we'll we'll bring up briefly bring up Orange is the New Black. I'll have watched it by then. I'm going to be in Madrid uh, this weekend, but I'll be back next week and I'll I'll give you a buzz and we'll we'll set something up because yeah. uh, yeah. I, I'm having a teeth a tooth pulled, so I don't think it'll be that day. Ah, although uh, on, if I get the drugs are good enough, if the drugs are good enough, I might. I had I a couple of years ago I had a tooth issue. I went during I know this is going to sound stupid. I went during my lunch hour. <laughs> had a tooth before pulled, or after? And I, <laughs> and yeah, before. <laughs> And I, and I was back to work like 45 minutes later and just went to work the rest of the day. I should have been a hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've, I've had one pulled not that long ago. Anyway, got to go. Enough dental history. Talk to you next week. And check us out at leavethepuddlepodcast.com, on iTunes, on pod, on uh, all your different Anything. podcast catchers. Anything. Stitcher, po- Pocket Cast, whatever. See you, folks. Bye-bye.